another episode of Reading Harry Potter with an 11-year-old. And we're back reading Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling, Chapter 6, The Platform Nine, and the Journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters continued. This pla- uh, podcast is intended for all ages, whether it be 1 years old, 2 years old, or 1 trillion years old. Because no matter what age, what race, how poor you are, how rich you are, which country you come from, everyone deserves to listen to some Harry Potter. So that's why I'm here today, listening, to, uh, reading some Harry Potter. Uh, we're going to be kicking things off with Chapter 6, uh, Continued. Uh, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed the episode you're about to listen to today. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say. Please make sure to... Uh, share this with your friends and family and I don't want to waste any more time let's get straight into reading Harry Potter um I don't really know where I left off because it's been about two days since I read this and um I can't figure out a way how to listen to like the last 10 seconds of my previous recording so I'm just going to go by memory. I'm sorry if I like reread like a paragraph or something. Um, what are these? Harry asked Ron, holding up a packet a pack of chocolate frogs. They're not really frogs, are they? He was starting to feel that nothing would surprise him. No, said Ron. But see what the card is. I'm missing a gripper. What? Oh, of course you wouldn't know. Chocolate frogs have cards inside them, you know, to collect. Famous witches and wizards. I've got about 500, but I haven't got Agrippa or Patoni. Harry unwrapped his chocolate frog and picked up a card. It showed a man's face. It, he wore half-moon glasses, a long crooked nose, and a flowing silver hair, beard and moustache. Underneath, underneath the picture was the name, Albus Dumbledore. So this is Dumbledore, said Harry. Don't tell me you've never heard of Dumbledore, said Ron. Can I have a frog? I might get a gripper. Thanks. Harry turned over to his car turned over his card and read. Albus Dumbledore, currently headmaster of Hogwarts, considered by many the greatest wizard of modern times. Professor Dumbledore is particularly famous for his defeat of the dark wizard Grindelwald in 1945 for the discovery of the 12 uses of dragon's blood and his work on alchemy with his partner Nicholas Flamel. Professor Dumbledore enjoys chamber music and 10-pin bowling. Harry turned the card back over and saw, to his astonishment, that Dumbledore's face had gone. He's gone! Well, you can't expect him to hang around all day, said Ron. He'll be back. No, I've got Morgana again and I have about six of her. Do you want it? You can start collecting. Ron's eyes strayed to the pile of chocolate frogs waiting to be unwrapped. Help yourself, said Harry. But in, in, you know, the muggle world, people just stay in photos. Do they? What? They don't move at all? Ron sounded amazed. Weird. Harry stared as Dumbledore sealed back into the picture on his card and gave him a small smile. Ron was more interesting in eating frogs than looking at the famous witches and wizards, at the famous witches and wizards cards, but Harry couldn't keep his eyes off them. Soon, 
he had not only Dumbledore and Morgana, but Hingist of Woodcroft, Alberic, Grunnen, Kiss, Paracelsus, and Merlin. He finally tore his eyes off from the Drudus Clinoda. Clino, I don't know how to pronounce that. It's some name. It's weird. Uh, sorry. Uh, pr- try to pronounce it as best I can. Clinoda. Um, who was scratching her nose to open a bag of Bertie Bott's every flavoured beans. You want to be careful with those, Ron warned Harry. When they say every flavour, they mean every flavour. You know, you get all the ordinary ones like chocolate and peppermint and marmalade. But then you get... Uh, you can get spinach, liver, and tripe. George reckons he had a bogey-flavoured one once. Ron picked up a green bean, looked at it carefully, and bit into a corner. Blech! See? Sprouts. They had a good time eating every flavour beans. Harry got toast, coconut, baked bean, strawberry, curry, grass, and coffee. And sardine. And was even brave enough to... Even brave enough to nibble off the end of a funny grey one, which Ron wouldn't touch, which turned out to be Pepper. The countryside now was flying past the window, uh, was becoming wider, wilder. The neat fields had gone. Now there were woods, twisting rivers and dark hills, dark green hills. There was a knock on the door of the compartment, and the round-faced boy Harry had met on platform nine and three quarters came in. He looked tearful. Sorry, he said. But have you seen a toad at all? When they shook it, when when they shook their heads, he wailed. I've lost him. He keeps getting away from me. He'll turn up," said Harry. "Yes," said the boy miserably. "Well, if you see him, he left." "I don't know why he's so bothered," said Ron. "If I brought a toad, I'd lose it. I'd lose it as quick as I could. I brought, mind you, I brought scabbers, so I can't talk." The rat was still. The, the rat was still snoozing on Ron's lap. He might have died and you wouldn't know the difference, said Ron in disgust. I tried to turn him yellow yesterday to make him more interesting, but the spell didn't work. I'll show you. Look. He rummaged around in his trunk and pulled out a very battered-looking wand. It was chipped in places and something white was glinting at the end. Unicorn hair is nearly poking out. Anyway, he raised his wand in the compartment door and slid it open again. The toadless boy was back, but this time with the girl. This time he had a girl with him. She was already wearing her new Hogwarts robes. Has anyone seen a toad? Neville's lost one, she said. She had a bossy sort of voice. One with. She had a rather bossy sort of voice. Lots of uh, bushy brown hair and a rather large front teeth. We've already told him we haven't seen it, said Ron, but the girl wasn't listening. She was looking at the wand in his hand. Oh, are you doing magic? Let's see it then. She sat down. Ron looked taken aback. Uh, all right. He cleared his throat. Sunshine daisies, butter mellow. Turn this stupid fat rat yellow. He waved his wand, but nothing happened. Scabbers stayed grey and fast asleep. Are you sure that's a real spell? said the girl. Well, it's not very good, is it? I've tried a, simple, a few simple spells just for practice, and they've all worked for me. Nobody in my family can do magic at all. It was such a surprise when I got my letter, but 
I was so pleased, of course. I mean, it's the be very best school of witchcraft there is. I've heard. Uh, I've heard. I've learned all our books. Uh, all our set books off by heart, of course. I just hope it will be enough. I'm Hermione Granger, by the way. Who are you? She said all this very fast. Harry, Harry looked at Ron and was relieved to see that by his stunned face that he hadn't learned all the set books off by heart either. I'm Ron Weasley. Ron muttered. Harry Potter, said Harry. Are you really? said Hermione. I've, I know all about you, of course. I've got a few extra books for background reading. And you're in Modern Magical History and the Rise and Fall of the Dark Arts and the Great Wizarding Events of the 20th Century. Am I? said Harry, feeling dazed. Goodness, didn't you know? I'd have found out everything I could if it was me, said Hermione. Do you know... Uh, what house you'll be in? I've been asking around, and I hope I'm in Gryffindor. It sounds by far the best. I hear Dumbledore himself was one, but I suppose Ravenclaw wouldn't be too bad. Anyway, we'd better go back and look for Neville's toad. You two had better changed. You know, I expect we'll be, we will be there soon. Uh, and, and she left, taking the toadless boy with her. Whatever house I'm in, I hope she's not in it, said Ron. He threw back his wand into his trunk stupid spell. George gave me. George gave it to me. Betty knew it was a dud. What house are your brothers in? asked Harry. Gryffindor, said Ron. Gloom seemed to be settling in on him again. Mum and Dad were in it too. Don't know what they'll say if I'm not. Don't suppose Ravenclaw would be too bad, but imagine if they put me in Slytherin. In, that's the house vault. I mean, you know who was in. Yeah, said Ron, and he flopped back onto his seat looking depressed. You know, I think the ends of Scabber's whiskers are a bit lighter, said Harry, trying to take Ron's mind off houses. So what do your oldest brothers do uh, now that they left, anyway? Harry was wondering what a wizard did once he finished school. Charles in Romania studying dragons, and Bill's, doing, Bill's in Africa doing something for Gringotts, uh, said Ron. Did you hear about Gringotts? It's been all over the Daily Prophet, but I don't suppose that you try to get that with the. But I suppose you don't get that with the Muggles. Someone tried to rob a high security vault. Harry stared. What? Really? What happened to them? Nothing. That's why it's such big news. They haven't been caught. My dad says it must have been powerful dark wizard to get around Gringotts. But I don't think. But they don't think they took anything. That's what's odd. Of course, everyone gets scared when something like this happens, in case you know who's behind it. Harry turned this news over in his mind. Every time, he was starting to get a prickle of fear every time you know who was mentioned. He supposed that this was all part of entering the magical world, but it had been a lot more comfortable saying Voldemort without worrying. What's your Quidditch team? Ron asked. Uh, I don't know any, Harry confessed. What? Ron looks dumbfounded. Oh, you wait. It's the best game in the world. And he was off, explaining all about the four balls and the positions of the seven players, describing famous games that he'd been to with his brothers and the broomstick he'd like to get if he had the money. He was just he was just taking Harry through the finer points of the game when the compartment door slid open yet again, but it wasn't Neville the Toadless Boy or Hermione Granger this time. 
Three boys entered and Harry recognised the middle one at once. It was the pale boy from Madame Malcolm's robe shop. He was looking at Harry with a lot more interest than he'd shown back at Diagon Alley. Is it true, he said. They're saying all down the train, they're saying all down the train that's Harry Potter in this compartment. So it's you, is it? Yes, said Harry. He was looking at the other boys. Both of them were thick-set and looked extremely mean. Standing either side of the pale boy, they looked like bodyguards. Oh, this is Crab and this is Goyle, said uh, the pale boy carelessly, noticing where Harry was looking. And my name's Malfoy, Draco Malfoy. Ron gave a slight cough, which might have been hiding a snigger. Draco Malfoy looked at him. Think my name's funny, do you? No need to ask who you are. My father told me all the Weasleys have red hair, freckles, and more children they can afford. He turned back to Harry. You'll soon find out that some wizarding families are much better than others. You don't want to go making friends with the wrong sort. I can help you there. He held out a hand to shake Harry's, but Harry didn't take it. I think I can tell who were the wrong sort for myself, thanks, he said coolly. Um, Draco didn't go red, but a pink tinge appeared in his pale cheeks. I'd be careful if I were you, Potter, he said slowly. Unless you're a bit politer, you'll go the same way as your parents. They didn't know what was good for them, either. You, you know, hanging around with riffraffs like the Weasleys and Hagrid, and it'll rub up, it'll rub off on you. Both Harry and Ron stood up. Ron's face was as red as his hair. Say that again, he said. Oh, you're going to fight us now, are you? Malfoy sneered. Unless you get out now, said Harry, more bravely than he felt, because Crab and Goyle were a lot bigger than him or Ron. We don't feel like leaving, do we, boys? We've eaten all our food, but you still seem to have some. Goyle reached towards the chocolate frogs next to Ron. Ron went forward, but before he he so much as touched Goyle, Goyle had yet let out a horrible yell. Scabbers the rat was hanging off his finger, sharp little teeth sunk deep into Goyle's knuckle. Crab and Malfoy backed away and as Goyle swung Scabbers round and round, howling, and when Scabbers finally flew off and hit the window, all three of them disappeared at once. Perhaps they thought there were more rats lurking among the sweets. Or perhaps they'd heard footsteps, because a second later, Hermione Granger had come in. What has been going on? he said, looking at the sweets all over the floor, and Ron picking up scabbards by his tail. I think he's been knocked out, said Ron to Harry. He looked closer at scabbards. No, I don't believe it. He's gone back to sleep. And so he had. You've met Malfoy before. Harry explained about their meeting in Diagon Alley. I've heard of his family, said Ron darkly. They were some of the first to come back to outside after you know who disappeared. Said they'd been bewitched. My dad doesn't believe it. He says Malfoy's father doesn't need need an excuse to go over to the dark side. He turned to Hermione. Can we help you with something? You'd better hurry up and put your robes on. I asked the front to... I'd just been up the front to ask the driver, and he says we're nearly there. You haven't been fighting, have you? 
You'll be in trouble before we even get here. There. Scambers has been fighting, not us, said Ron scowling at her. Would you mind leaving while we change? All right. I only came in here because people outside are behaving very childishly, racing up and down the corridors, said Hermione in a sniffy voice. And you've got dirt on your nose, by the way. Did you know? Ron glared at her as she left. Harry peered out the window. It was getting dark. He could see mountains and forests under the deep purple sky. The train did seem to be slowing down. He and Ron took off their jackets and pulled on their long black robes. Ron's were a bit short for him. You could see his trainers underneath them. A voice echoed throughout the train. We will be reaching Hogwarts in five minutes' time. Please leave your luggage on the train. It will be taken to the school separately. Harry's stomach lurched with nerves, and Ron, he saw, looked pale under his freckles. They crammed their pockets with the last of the sweets and joined the crowd thronging the corridor. Thronging the corridor. The train slowed down and finally stopped. People pushed their way towards the door and out onto a tiny dark platform. Harry shivered in the cold night, then in the cold night air. Then a lamp came bobbing over the heads of the students, and Harry heard a familiar voice. First years, first years, over here. All right there, Harry. Hagrid's big hairy face beamed over the sea of heads. Come on, follow me. Any more first years? Mind your step now, first years, follow me. Slipping and stumbling, they followed Hagrid down what seemed to be a steep, narrow path. It was so dark either side of them that Harry thought that there must be thick trees there. Nobody spoke much. Neville, the boy who kept losing his toad, sniffed once or twice. You'll get your first sight of Hogwarts in a sec, said Hagrid, called over his shoulder. Just round this bend here, there was a loud, ooh. The narrow path had opened onto the edge of a great black lake. Perched atop a mountain high on the other side, its windows sparkling in the starry sky, um, was a vast castle with many turrets and towers. No more than for a boat, Hagrid called, pointing to a fleet of little boats sitting um, in the water by the shore. Harry and Ron were followed into their boat by Neville and Hermione. Everyone in? shouted Hagrid, who had a, a boat to himself. Right then. Forward! Then a fleet of little boats moved off all at once, gliding across the lake, which was as smooth as glass. Everyone was silent, staring up at the great castle overhead. It towered over, over them as they sailed nearer and nearer to the cliff on which it stood. Heads down, yelled Hagrid as the first boats reached the cliff. They all bent their heads and uh, the little boats carried them through a curtain of ivy which hid a wide opening cliff face. They were carried along a dark tunnel which seemed to be taking them right underneath the castle until until they reached some sort of under, some kind of underground harbour which they clambered out onto the rocks and pebbles. Oi, you there, is this your toad? said Hagrid, who was checking the boats as people climbed out of them. Tremor! cried Neville blissfully, holding out his hands. 
Then they clambered up a passageway in the rock after Hagrid's lamp, coming out on the at last onto the smooth, damp grass right in the in the shadow of the castle. They walked up a flight of stone steps and crowded around a large, around the huge oak front door. Everyone here, you there, still got your toad? Hagrid raised his giant fist and knocked three times on the castle door. So that will be all for today. We finished platform nine, the journey from platform nine and three quarters. The next chapter is called chapter seven, the sorting hat. Um, I'll read one sentence for you as a preview. If you've, if you're coming to this podcast for if you've never read Harry Potter before, the door swung open at once. A tall black-haired witch in emerald green robe stood there. She had a very stern face, and Harry's first thought was that this was um, not someone to cross. So, um, I hope you enjoyed. That's the first three sentences of the next chapter. It gets really good from here if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, Please make sure to follow me on whatever platform you listen to this on. That was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling. Um, Chapter 6. The journey from platform nine and three quarters continued. Thank you for listening. Share this podcast with your friends and family, and possibly follow this podcast. Listen for future episodes and previous episodes to come. Thank you for listening, and I will see you guys when I make another episode, which will probably be two days, three days, from one to three days. So tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, two days time or three days time. I don't know, it's just completely random. But I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you when I make another podcast.